Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we are taking a step back, looking for the deeper meaning and reviewing how far we've come as we question why encouragement and the power behind the practice. I'm attempting to do this raw and unscripted, off the cuff and from the heart. As I approach my sixth anniversary of the podcast, Encouragementology, I thought it was a good idea to fill in some blanks and revisit how it all got started. So if you're listening and looking for encouragement, I hope this journey will inspire you to step out on your own path to self-discovery. So how did it all get started? Well, I became an empty nester. And as you can probably imagine, I had a lot of time on my hands. I contemplated getting an exchange student just to have somebody to talk to, but I thought about it and I thought, I need an outlet. I need to get involved. I need to start giving back. So I really needed first, as they kind of tell you, um, you know, in a plane, when you're pulling down the oxygen mask, put it on yourself first before you can help anyone else. So it all started with me and understanding a little bit more about what makes me tick. So I'm a mother of three adults now, but as they were children, I always had a career. I always worked really hard. I pride myself on my work ethic. I'm very, very goal-driven, very dedicated. I'm a helper. I'm a fixer. Mm, Now I know the problem with that, but then I had no clue. What comes with that is a little bit of control. So I wouldn't say that I'm controlling, but I do like things my way, or at least I think I have the best way. So that's probably in itself an issue. But at that time, all I thought I was doing was helping. I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but I was always trying to fix it. And now that I know that I struggle with codependency, then I didn't know. At that point, I just thought I was being helpful. I was going the extra mile. But now looking back and having gone through therapy and a little bit of Codependence Anonymous, I understand that's not what it was. So when I talk to other groups, I talk about this feeling of always stepping in and fixing things and the detriment of that. So one of the analogies I use is if you played ball, which I know nothing about ball, but I'm going to use this analogy. So let's say I'm playing center field and the ball gets hit to right field and I run, 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 and I catch it. And then it gets hit to shortstop and I run, 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 and I catch it. Not that I could really catch that many balls, but stay with me. And then it goes over to left field and I run, run, run and catch it. And now I'm kind of exhausted. So the ball gets hit to second base and I don't get it. Well, neither do they. And the ball drops and they look at me and say, why didn't you get it? And I say, what? I don't play second base. It's not my position. And they say, well, you've done it every other time. You see where I'm going. So I didn't know it then, but I have learned that when we overstep and we leave such a gap, we have to fill that gap consistently or the people around us will just stop doing it and then we'll feel taken for granted and victimized. So anyway, that's not how it all got started. 
Now I have the insight to be able to reflect on that, but then I was completely lost in what I was doing. I just knew that I was a hard worker and I did care. But after I empty nested, I knew that I needed to dig in and see what was going on. So I was able to uncover codependency, a deeply rooted compulsive behavior, and start working on that, getting my mind right. You know, for anyone that struggles with people pleasing, there's so many different characteristics and you might resonate with a few of them. You might identify with a few more and you may not. And that's okay. You don't have to be a codependent to have codependent tendencies. So it's important, though, to recognize that and seek to get freedom, because just like those oxygen masks, if you don't take care of yourself, you cannot pour into other people. So I did spend about two years in Codependence Anonymous. It was so foundational for me because it really taught me how to not only help myself, but how to maybe potentially help others. I really dug in. I did a lot of research. At the time, I was thinking of starting a website where I curated content to help people, maybe going through a divorce, try to figure things out, whether it is to do with your career, your household, or just your mental wellness. So I did a lot of research, curating hundreds and hundreds of articles. That actually helped me. So the website never came about. By the time I got ready to actually release it, I decided I wanted to go in a different direction. But that time was not lost. It really helped me understand a lot of different ideas from a lot of different perspectives. I also have always been in sales and marketing. I'm extremely outgoing. Um, I wanted to be an actress back in the day, so I have zero fear getting in front of people. And I wanted to speak. I love presenting. And so I found a forum through a friend of mine who was putting on a women's conference called Women of Worth, and she wanted a speaker. I presented at the first one, the second one, the third one. Man, I was hooked. I loved it. The energy, the positive energy, just sharing with all those women was exhilarating. And I loved it. And I thought after one of them, hmm, I don't want to do this annually. I want to find a way to connect with women and help on an ongoing basis. And as I mentioned, I've always been a career-minded person. And I thought, I want to help women get back into the workforce. So how could I do that? Well, I brainstormed, which is another thing I love, love, love to do. And I thought I can help them resumes, interview skills, outfits, um, makeovers, whatever I needed to do to help them get back on track. So I enlisted a whole group of volunteers. We collected clothing, professional women's clothing. We created a whole closet. It was amazing. It looked like a little boutique. And then we put together our first job-seeking workshop. We had about six women. And it was a, a long day. It was about five hours. And we went through a little assessment test. We talked about um, different things that they might be interested in. We had breakout sessions. We had lunch, makeovers. It was a great day. And then at the end, I was taking one of the ladies home. Now, if you've heard me speak before, I always tell this story because this was a revelation for me. 
this was one of those moments that the veil was lifted, the sky parted, and I just learned something profound. So I was taking one of the ladies home. She didn't have a car. And so I picked her up and I took her home. And we were both exhausted. So we were just saying pleasantries as she was getting out of my car. And before she left, she turned around and looked at me. And she said, thank you so much for making me feel so good about myself today. And I was blown away. I quickly called my friend who was organizing the whole day with me and I said, Kristen, it is not about resumes. It's not about outfits. It's not about makeovers. It's about encouragement. Just pouring into someone, letting them know that you care, that you believe in them, that you know that they can do it. Wow, it was amazing. And it completely shifted my trajectory. I went home talked to my husband, and we dug into, what can we do with this? I couldn't let it go. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Everything I thought of stemmed from that. So I wanted to make it substantial. I wanted to make it an actual thing, not just an idea. So we played around with some different names of of what it was. What is this thing that we've uncovered? And we came together on encouragementology. And then I wanted that to be a practice, the practice of instilling hope. Wow, sounds pretty cool, right? Well, it was, it was so inspired that it just snowballed. So at the same time, I wanted to continue to help women. So I thought, well, what can I do next? Maybe on the advice of my husband, actually, he said, why don't you get the women together and just ask them, what do you wanna do? What would you like to learn? So I did that. I had a night, I called it Women Connect. I had a little icebreaker where we would throw a beach ball around on the veins of the beach ball were written different questions. It was a great icebreaker to open up. I had about 18 women that came and we just opened it up. I also had them write down some different topics that they were interested in. And what I found was they didn't want seminars. They wanted to get together and connect. So where Women Connect was actually supposed to lead to other seminars and conferences, it really became its own thing. And it became bigger than the job seeking workshop or the professional women's closet. It became its own thing. Now that was in 2017. And I decided that in order to maybe take this to the next level and also learn a few more skills that I might need on this road or this journey, I might need to get certified. So I researched certification programs for life coaches, and I found the International Association of Professional Recovery Coaches. It is a training and credentialing organization, and they offer CEU training hours for International Coach Federation. And I took their dual program because this dual program really sought out two different credentials. One was just a professional coach certificate. So that's more life coaching. You could really do anything with that. You could do career coaching, what have you. And then I also sat in for the longer of the two, which was the certified professional recovery coach. And that's for a specialty in addiction recovery. 
What I didn't mention is that I am also a woman in recovery. I have 10 years of sobriety from alcohol, and I just decided 10 years ago when I was going to go on this journey, I need to make a change. Again, the oxygen for myself. And for me, it meant changing my relationship with alcohol. So I quit 10 years ago this year. It's really exciting, and it's something that I wanted to pass on to other people. So when I got my certification, which by the way, you don't have to have a certification to run a support group. I think support groups are gonna be the thing of the future. I think people want to connect with each other. They wanna share, they wanna learn, they want to grow. It was amazing. But what the certification taught me is so many different things. Obviously, all the sides of addiction, not only for the person that is addicted, but for the family, what that dynamic looks like, what type of support they need, what do they need in their initial recovery, and then what happens during relapse? How can you help someone get back on track? And for a life coach, it really helps you just help someone else organize their thoughts. So if you can imagine like a professional organizer that might come into your house or your closets or your kitchen, imagine somebody helping you with your thoughts. How can you organize your thoughts? How can you let go of some thoughts? How can you save some and protect them and put them in order and create priorities and goals? So it was great. It also helped me with active listening. Being a codependent, I have a tendency to want to give advice. So I really needed to temper that to be a successful coach. I needed to be a better listener than I was someone that would give someone else advice. So that was big. After I got certified, I wanted to really dive in. So I did some one-on-one coaching, and I still love to do that, believe me, but Ever since I went to Codependence Anonymous, I'm extremely drawn to the power of groups. What's so cool about a group is, well, I'm just a facilitator. I like to think of myself as the fire starter. So I come prepared with some content, some good vibes, some great encouragement, some positivity, and then I get the ball rolling. And then everyone has a chance to share and connect with each other. And it's amazing what you can express to another person, even if you're not in the right frame of mind. Maybe you don't feel like sharing. It's okay. But you can offer support and encouragement to someone else. And believe it or not, that will pull you out of whatever funk you might be in and give you maybe a new perspective, a new outlook. So even though I do some personal coaching, I also do some career coaching, I really love support groups. So I dove in headfirst with Women Connect. It's a bi-weekly women helping women find direction. And this particular group had women of all types. We had um, a lady who was in a homeless shelter. We had very prominent women. We had young women. We had older women. Everything, married, divorced, single, in recovery, never have touched a drug or a drink in their whole life. But what was so exciting about that is how this group created so much camaraderie and love for each other. You know, their backgrounds didn't match. They didn't have a lot in common. But when it came to supporting each other and encouraging each other, they were just connected at the hip. It was amazing. 
And that's been going on since 2017. And we've had ladies come and go. We've had ladies move away. We've been online. We've been in person. We made it through COVID. And there's so many success stories of just what it means to connect with someone. And these women would have never been friends in the outside world, so to speak, because they just wouldn't have found each other. But everyone needed something. And that's important to mention you don't have to need support or have something wrong with you, I should say, to go to a support group. In fact, I don't even like the word support group necessarily. It's a connection group. It's a chance to share, learn, and grow. And in this day and age, when so much is done online, so much separation, we really crave those connections. So I think that's very important. I also wanted to give back to women in recovery. That was important for me. So I contacted Gateway, which is a drug rehab facility in the area that I live in, and I volunteered. I just said, hey, I have this women's group, and I think it's important, and there's a lot that we can cover. We can get them talking. I can share some positivity. I really want to do that. And you know, they were all for it, which was great, but I was a little worried. I'm pretty empathetic and I've always worried that I would go into this type of situation. I would start feeling bad. I would try to fix them. I would walk away with all this baggage and just not be able to handle what I would hear in their life stories. So I prayed about it. I prayed for God to put me in the right place with the right frame of mind, have me pour into them and leave feeling renewed. And you know what? I was so exciting. I can't believe that. And now that I look back and think, wow, I went into this situation not knowing these women. And this was a 28-day facility. So at the time I started it, I was only doing it every two weeks. So with that, I only saw people twice while they were there. And to build rapport was really something I had to focus on because when you want somebody to open up and share their deepest, darkest They've got to trust you. So that was really a challenge, but it worked. And I did it for three years until COVID kind of broke all that up. But And then I, I moved on to some different groups, but I really, really cherished my time there. I also offered them, of course, resumes, professional women's clothing, um, and support after afterwards as well. I did an online recovery group for a while. But I'll tell you, finding your purpose, and that's really what I want to get across to you too, this is not just about my journey. This is about your journey. What do you want your journey to look like? Finding your purpose is kind of like getting in the current where you just feel like it's right. Doors are opening. You're accelerating what you're doing and you're just getting so much joy from it. Think about that. You might not have found your purpose yet, and that's okay. That's part of your journey of self-discovery. You really have to get your own mind right and in the right headspace, comforting yourself first before you decide what else you want to do. And it doesn't always have to be volunteering in the same manner that I have. I mean, this is just something that's personal to me. But thinking about what brings you joy, what really puts a smile on your face, what makes you happy? 
Well, I loved connecting with those women and I still, you know, do and and would at at a drop of a hat. I still have some of the women that graduated the program that still get in touch with me, update my resume, just wanted to give me a, a kind word, which I just really love. I was trying to think about other ways that I could get this message out. And during some brainstorming with my husband, I was talking about all the content that I was creating for these groups and how I wish I could get a bigger audience. At that time, I thought about our local community radio station and I checked into it. And actually the manager at the time was somebody that I knew. So I reached out to him and scheduled time to get a coffee and pitch my idea. And my idea was, hey, I think your listeners could really benefit from some encouragement. You know, how about a weekly show that just is all about positive alternatives to life's little challenges? Now, who could say no to that? So he took me on and I started doing the Encouragementology radio show back in 2018. Now, at that same time, I thought, wow, I'm producing this through the radio. What if I recorded it and put it out in a podcast? So I started that as well. And my first podcast was actually on, I've got it pulled up here. It was actually November 13th of 2018. So like I said, I'm working on uh, six years now. So I got into a habit of producing those shows. I loved working with the radio. If you've never done community broadcasting, it's super fun and anybody can do it. You don't have to have any former training or anything. They'll teach you everything you need to know. So if there's a way to get involved, do it. It's wonderful community spirit. I actually loved it so much. I was the manager for three years. So if you can get involved as a volunteer, not just a DJ, do that too. Super fun. What I like about encouragement is even when you feel hopeless or helpless, when you feel like the world is out of control, things are just crazy, whether it's politics or social narratives, whatever it is, you can impact so many people by impacting one person. Let me explain that a bit. You can create a ripple. Because you never know what your words do to another person, positive and negative, but your encouragement of one person can totally change the way they see themselves, their demeanor, the way they interact and talk to other people. You can change the whole trajectory by just encouraging one person. And guess what? It's free. And it feels so good and it helps the person you're encouraging as much or more as it helps yourself. So that's exciting. Now, I wanted to speak with more people. At the time, my father was struggling with Parkinson's and dementia and he was in the VA nursing home. And I never, you know, other than a grandma and a grandpa, I never really interacted to that degree with seniors. And boy, it just touched my heart. I was so excited. I I didn't look at these people as grandmas and grandpas. I actually looked at them as powerful adults. You know, people that had already gone through their careers and made an enormous impact. And now these are their golden years. And for some, 
they're not so golden. So I decided that I wanted to reach out to seniors. So I created Senior Connect. And Senior Connect is about combating social isolation. This was even before the pandemic, and it's even more important now. But I realized that through some research that a lot of seniors are by themselves. You know, we're not of the error when you take on your family member, that you have your little grandma quarters in the back and you just take them on for the rest of your life. Now, some families still do that, but many families move away. They're not involved in the family business anymore. There aren't family businesses. They have their own lives. And it's not that same responsibility expectation to take on a loved one. So as a result, a lot of seniors are by themselves. Not to mention this fact that I guess I just overlooked But if you have a husband and wife that are married, you know, they've been married a long time. They have, you know, everything is combined, not only their finances, but also their friendships, their social outlets. Usually there's one person that's keeping the social calendar, keeping them on track, keeping them connected and engaged. What happens if that person passes before the other one? They're lost. They may not know where to look, how to interact. You also have to think about being out of work for many years, potentially health issues, maybe lack of hearing. All of these things can really make a person lose their self-confidence, be more intimidated to put themselves out there and interact with other people. So a group like this is just a great outlet for that. So before COVID, we were actually meeting in senior living facilities, but uh, when the shutdown happened, we actually just took the core members really and started meeting anywhere they would let us meet until things opened back up. And now we meet at a public library every other week. And we've even introduced Canasta as just another element of our get together, which has been really, really fun. And it's a mixed group. We have men and women. Some have lost their loved ones. Some are dealing with uh, caretaking. And it's just a great dynamic. Again, this group would have never met outside of this group. But now they care for each other. They support each other. They lean on each other. And as I was mentioning before about even if you feel like you have nothing to share, a quick story about one of my seniors who used to come to the group. And he was... Grumpy. Now, I didn't give him that name. He gave himself that name, but he said he's a little bit grumpy. So many times he would come to the group and just not be ready to share. He was just grumpy, you know, using his own words. But the dynamic that I saw was just uh, priceless. So as it went from person to person sharing, and that person might get down on themselves a little bit, they might share something that, you know, is very personal. And this man would lift them up and encourage them and tell them they can do it. And as we went around the group, I saw this, you know, light turn on for him and he would get himself out of this funk and start feeling so much better about himself. So there's a bigger meaning to that. Volunteerism. If you are struggling to number one, get connected. uh, Number two, just start feeling good about yourself and you're maybe you're down on yourself right now. Go and volunteer. 
reach out to other people, pour into other people. Number one, you're going to meet people that are like-minded because they're all there serving. And there's just a different sense when you're serving others. And you'll you know, easily connect. And then just that great feeling of helping someone else can really dig you out of, of a hole. So I trademarked Encouragementology and just started speaking everywhere, anywhere someone would let me speak, I would do it. It might be a small little get together, a networking group, all the way up to I did a women's conference, women's trade show. But the very first time I spoke and I was telling them about another thing, another part of encouragementology that I trademarked, which is called Here's Your Cue. And that's down, the Q-C-U-E stands for connect, understand, and encourage. And I just wanted something that was tangible that you could stick in your pocket. So I remember I was speaking to a women's networking group, business, women in business, and I gave that talk and I talked about here's your cue and this idea. And one lady in the group said, oh my gosh, I did that this morning and I didn't even know that was what I was doing. And I loved it because that's the whole reason for creating that practice is you may be doing it, but putting some intentionality to it, you know, really going out of your way and noticing that you're doing it, becoming more self-aware that you're doing it will just make it skyrocket. You can uh, repeat it. It becomes repeatable then. And it's something that you can do and you look for and you seek out no matter where you are. I look at people different, you know, especially seniors too. I'm coming up on that, but I look at them and I, you know, think about it at the grocery store when I see a lady pushing a cart and she's got limited groceries. I'm, I'm assuming she's alone. She's cooking for herself. I just, I want to give her a smile. I want to help her get something off a shelf or just connect with her. So many seniors have told me that they feel invisible that nobody sees them, that nobody cares, nobody calls, and they don't feel confident enough to reach out. They always second guess themselves. Oh, they're so busy. They don't want to hear from me. They've got their own problems, but really they're suffering inside. So I urge you to do that same thing. Catch somebody's eye. Maybe the man that's shopping by himself, he might've just lost his wife. He's lost in this world. He doesn't know how to communicate or connect, and he might just need a friendly face. I had a senior tell me early on that they used to go to the grocery store because the person in the checkout line would spend some time and talk to them, which I thought was just sad, but also the need for that connection. I knew he was in the right place coming to Senior Connect. You know, in fact, recently I saw something on Facebook that was talking about a new line at the grocery store. It's a slow line, not a fast line. And it is a line where you can go and get some more one-on-one attention and a little bit longer conversation, which I just thought was brilliant. There is power in encouragement. The power behind encouragement lies in its ability to inspire and motivate individuals to take positive action and overcome challenges. Encouragement is a fundamental aspect of human interaction and can have a profound impact on individuals and communities. So here are some key elements of the power behind encouragement. 
boosting confidence. We talked about that, especially with our seniors. Encouragement can boost a person's self-confidence and belief in their abilities. When someone receives encouragement, they often feel more capable and willing to tackle difficult tasks and pursue their goals. Exactly what happened with our women in the job seeking workshop. Also fostering resilience. Encouragement can help individuals build resilience, which is the ability to bounce back from setbacks and adversity. When people feel supported and encouraged through the tough times, they're more likely to persevere. Also strengthening relationships. Encouragement is a powerful tool for building and maintaining positive relationships. When you encourage others, you create a sense of trust and connection, which can lead to stronger personal and professional bonds. Inspiring action. Encouragement can inspire individuals to take action, whether it's pursuing a new career, starting a challenging project, or making positive lifestyle changes. Encouragement can be the catalyst for action. Enhancing well-being. Encouragement has been linked to improved mental and emotional well-being. When people receive positive feedback and support, they often experience lower levels of stress, anxiety, and depression. Fostering growth. Encouragement can promote personal and professional growth. It can motivate individuals to set higher goals, seek new opportunities, and continuously improve themselves. Creating a positive environment. That's the truth. Encouragement can contribute to the creation of a positive and supportive environment, whether in a family, school, workplace, or a community. This type of environment encourages collaboration, innovation, and the sharing of ideas. Overcoming fear of failure. Encouragement can help individuals overcome the fear of failure. When people know that they have support and encouragement, they're more likely to take risks and view failures as a learning experience. Building self-esteem. Consistent encouragement can help individuals develop a healthy sense of self-esteem. When people receive positive feedback and recognition, they're more likely to have a positive self-image. Spreading positivity. That's the best part. Encouragement has a ripple effect. When you encourage someone, they may be more inclined to encourage others, creating a chain reaction of positivity. The power of encouragement lies in its ability to uplift, inspire, and empower individuals to reach their full potential, overcome challenges, and lead more fulfilling lives. It plays a crucial role in personal growth, building relationships, and fostering a positive and supportive atmosphere in various contexts. So I thank you. Thank you for supporting me, for listening, for getting involved, for encouraging others, for taking these weekly challenges to heart and going on your own life journey, allowing me to be a part of it. Thank you.
If you want to share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they're not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, consider starting your own journey of self-discovery. Helping others starts with helping yourself. Dive in deep to learn what makes you, you, and what, where, and how you want to grow. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. Someone threw until the path was clear. That's when I found you, how I wound up here.